Today's show is sponsored by Rothy's. Have you heard about this company making stylish shoes out of recycled plastic water bottles? They're crazy comfortable and fully machine washable. Check out all the amazing styles at rothys.com slash real. That's Rothy's, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash real. Today's show is also sponsored by Brooklyn, and Brooklyn has the best sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels. Get 10% off your first order when you use promo code real, brooklinen.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. How's it going, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Alyssa. And welcome back to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about faith, culture, and answer your questions. And today we're going to do that. We're going to answer your questions. <laughs> because I, I put something out on Instagram and I, I think it's maybe just because the way I framed it, but y'all blew me up and they were really, really good. So I'm really, really stoked. Uh, I, I think I framed it. I said, if you guys were having coffee with us, what question would you ask? Oh, I wish we were having coffee. I know, right? And I said it just like that. Um, we got some really good ones. Uh, this is a great one. I think we'll start with uh, Justine. I'm always, uh, I always totally for, a little forget how to pronounce your guy's name. Is it Cirillo? Cirulo. Um, but good seeing Justin you guys. Justin Derulo. Jason. Jason. Jason Derulo, by the way. Jason. <laughs> oh, man. But um, good seeing you guys here with the question. I thought yours was a great one to start on. Uh, fellow homeroom members, family teamers. So fun. Um, you and Chris. Okay. Good question, though, that Justine. I have some thoughts. Well, what is the question? I'm getting there. Oh, Oh, this is the question? Yeah. Oh, I, have some I thought thoughts. you were saying you it's, have it's, some thoughts. And no, I it's said. directed towards you, <laughs> but I had some thoughts. That's what I meant. Does that make sense? I just was like, I know you have thoughts, but what's the question right? to have okay, thoughts Okay, so she about? said, how does Alyssa juggle pursuing personal desires with keeping kiddos the main focus? Oh, that is a really good question. Now, I have some thoughts on like, I want to deconstruct that question a little, Justine, uh, meaning like the premise, but as a like knowing what she meant how would you and well, and, you and then it's to you well you okay so Alyssa will give the straight answer because we we totally know what you mean um of like yeah how do you how do you balance personal ambition mm-hmm. with you know um family and kids and all that stuff mm-hmm. the couple of ways i would the couple of ways i would deconstruct that question is probably say you know that the kids aren't our main focus True. you know and then the other way i would deconstruct that is is that question being asked of the husband as well Mm. I love the question. And I'm not just trying to say like, you know, one of those cultural like, oh, is this, you know, it needs to be dead even or whatever. I'm not saying I, I just think it's specifically with this question. I do think it should be equal and even in the sense of like, I think a husband should be wrestling through how he works through the tension of personal ambition and work and building something outside of the home and and hobbies, all these different things with keeping kids, I would say a more prioritized focus. Cause I do yeah. think they should be prioritized more than work. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean the amount of hour. Like there's things that like, we're not, we're not conflating it down to this elementary level guys. It's life's complex. Things are t- tension. There's complex, whatever. But in like a philosophical way, kids are more important than your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another way I'll reframe it is <clears throat> kind of how do you deal with the tension between personal desires 
and keeping the family a team. That's what I would say, rather than keeping the kids the main focus. But and I'll I'll, I'll talk more and I'll give my answers. But you you talk first. Well, I think too it there's um because this is a real challenge. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Because I do think this, I totally get how this is a real challenge, for, especially for moms. Do you moms. feel like men struggle? No, but that's what, but that, that to me reveals a little bit of how I don't love either culture's expectations or something, or just sometimes, not always, but how some women are wired more differently than the husbands. I don't know, but I just, I don't, yeah, I don't know any guy who struggles with that or has ever talked about that. True. But yet I feel like that's a very straight shot. Yes. basic question for almost any woman you know is how do you kind of well i think part of it is how we're wired i feel like men can compartmentalize so they can be like oh this is the time i'm gonna go play on my softball team or this is the time i'm gonna go build something where women i feel like we always feel that connection to our kids and so sometimes like we can feel guilty when we're doing something pleasurable and we're thinking of the kids or like i don't know i feel like we it's really hard to put the kids in a box and then do our own thing too does that make sense Totally. But why is that? I don't know. I think it's just how we're wired, how like everything is kind of, I feel like we're very relational. I feel like we have that natural connection with our children because we bore them. And I mean, I think some women do it better than others, but I just feel like we're so relational. We're always thinking, like even when I'm not with you, I'm thinking of you or like, so, and obviously I feel more free to go do something apart from you than my kids, but. I don't know. I think it's just how we're wired too. So then but I do, do you- think I know a lot of marriages where I feel like the husband has a lot of liberty to work. And then when he's not working to like go do hobbies or something. And I've, I feel like I do often see the women being more predominantly with the kids. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but sometimes it feels like you could say that's unfair yeah, because the woman doesn't have as much I could see where you could totally get in the mindset of comparison and then getting a little resentful. I mean, that's not even what the question's talking about. But yeah, no, I agree. It's know, an interesting. I yeah. do think it's really important for families to. I think it's really important for individuals to do things that fill them up, to rest, to create, and then I really feel like it's important for husband and wives to really support each other in sending them out to go fill up, like equally and then also i think yeah. there's also sacrifice like you're not single anymore and so there is a sacrifice where you can't go do all the things as much as you may want to or as much as you used to and you are called to be more at home yeah um does that make sense yeah but also making sure that you are pursuing things that fill you up and that you love or that are important to you and supporting each other as husband and wife yeah it's a complex question i'm sure you question. have a lot more things to add to that no i agree it's a complex question because there's a lot of and, and like most wisdom it's like kind of the answer is kind of in the middle of them all yeah <clears throat> but yeah I, a couple of thoughts that i think because i think it's such a good question so justine thanks for answering it and i don't know if it's what we're answering is totally applicable to you to you guys or well, if it's more just talk talking more to the specific, general yeah and then you can end with like a specific of just like hey so how then do you do it and just a yeah. day-to-day how do you kind of concentrate mm-hmm. on like how do you write your books while also right. having kids and wh- right. how do, all that stuff so right. but when a couple more things i'll say is um what was i gonna say this is the fun part about recording a podcast during nap time is Don't my brain's taking a nap. Your brain totally <laughs> just like... Right? No, I think what I was going to say is a couple different things. And back to that, the family team thing, I think what we have to realize, one thing that's really bad and I think pervasive in the American culture that I really don't like when I see is when... when and, it, and it tends to happen more with the women for good reasons, but also I think just because the cultural moment we're in where 
a woman's ambition gets pitted against the family. Yes. You know, and I think that's just like plain wrong. Yes. Right. In the same way that I think pitting a man's ambition against the family. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Di- I think it's a false dichotomy. I don't yeah. like that. What the premise is on. I don't agree with the premise. Um, but it's playing out right now primarily with women. Yeah. Which I think, and, and when I meant in good reason, because I would love to see more women in marriages activated, unleashed, you know, used and honored and all these different things. Where I would love for them to be more fully themselves, fully within their gifting, fully doing what they would maybe be loving to yes. do. When a lot of times, we've talked about this on Five Minute Fatherhood, a lot of times women are the ones that just kind of take the brunt of everyone else's, yeah, you know, liberty. Like yeah. what you said, like like the kids get liberty, the dad gets mm-hmm. liberty, and the only one who then brunts all the sacrifice is the mom. That's wrong. So like we can't live in either of these. Mm-hmm. But again, it gets back to that team mentality. And so another way I would say it is don't like think about any good team, whether it's work or sport or anything, you it's it's immediately a toxic team, not a healthy team. If you feel like you can sense like, oh, that quarterback really just cares about himself and he's totally. using the team either for his personal accolades or mm-hmm. uh, he's just trying or he doesn't care about whatever, you know, or all these other things. And again, you know, you guys, I don't think this you guys are asking this, but I'm just using this to talk about a cultural moment, um, cultural conversation. But like, but you know, what's interesting take good, really healthy teams who do have a prolific individual, right? Mm-hmm. So take like a LeBron James or yeah. a Steph Curry or a Drew, Drew Brees or any of these, right? They've won, you know, MVP awards and Heisman trophies and all these different types of things, which are individualistic accolades, meaning like right. there's a level of personal ambition, Yes. but they haven't, while well, they're still on a team. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about those guys is whenever they get up on a stage, I've never heard one, like think about how tacky this would be if like a guy gets an MVP award and just goes, yeah, I did this all by myself. My team just kind of held me down or right. like they actually didn't really allow me to, I would have gone even farther without them, you mm-hmm. know, all these different types of things. Um, they do the opposite. Usually yeah. people who actually reach MVP level individually are people who are the best team players. Yes. So I'm just saying like, I think they go together, right? Yeah. Usually they say, man, like I couldn't have done this without my team. I'm only mm-hmm. a product of the team. I may be just taking a little bit more of the spotlight because I contribute maybe in a more public way on the team, whatever. And I think it's similar with family teams, right? Mom, dad, everyone, uh, I don't, I just don't put them against each other. I think they go hand in hand. Like I actually believe you become your full individual self, your best individualized self in the context of a team. Um, and so I think like wrestling with that, understanding what that means. Now that's the, that's the million dollar question of like trying to figure out how that plays out on the ground. But that is the million dollar question that every family has to figure out, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that no one, dad or mom is meant to squash their gifts, but their gifts were actually given by the creator to serve yeah. this team, right? Because at the end the of the family day, of God. Yes, exactly. And the kingdom of God. Yeah. Like through the team. Right. Um, and so I just think like, yeah, like a lot of times though, we're too uh, elementary with our definition of like mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. It's got to be either in the work. Basically, it just means like in the workplace, right? And the industrial well, is workplace. Well, it's hard to measure success as a family. Totally. So, but it's like, man, what if those giftings, at least for this season, maybe are meant to be, you know, uh, a really high prolific person on this team or something. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think going back to what we've talked about a lot before, I think the whole thing that we're talking about too is a lot of times it's been a trajectory where everything kind of falls on the mom's shoulders yeah like um and so then you just don't you simply don't have as much time to pursue perhaps the things that you want to pursue not that you don't want to pursue your family but you don't have as much time to pursue ambitions or even just create or like do things that really fill you up or take breaks because we just expect so much from moms now like to 
do all the household stuff, get yeah. all the groceries, take the kids to school or to school them if you're homeschooling to do laundry and dishes and make the meals totally. and run all the things. And so a lot of times in families that falls on the mom. And so I think then that question bubbles up. And so we've talked a lot about that on family teams, just how it shouldn't fall on the mom's shoulders. It's a team effort. And then also talking about delegating, like just, you know, to not put our family's idea in a box or what we're used to or what we've seen but just like what gifts do each of us have what can we both accomplish where do we need help and not yeah so anyway I think sometimes then that question can arise well like if all I have all these responsibilities how do I even pursue things that I want to pursue so and honestly just the other day I was having like a moment just you know typical struggles but I was crying and um being illogical and I was just like I just don't even get to do what I want to do and I want to be able to play the piano and paint and whatever do household things and I was just having a moment of like but I feeling sorry for myself for all the responsibilities I need to do so and Jeff just kind of looked at me he's like well you can go do that like just go do it and you know and so anyway all that to say well that's the thing too is yeah a lot of marriages and it and and even that moment it happens naturally without realizing it like we don't communicate to our, we don't usually even right. usually give our spouse a chance to support us in our personal ambition or whatever. Well, honestly, I just was jealous of Jeff and comparing him because he can work and then he'll be like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And I would never say that. I would be like, is it okay if I, you know, I just feel like guilty almost for asking and nothing because of you is just like my inner thing of totally. like guilty for asking something that I would want to pursue. And so in my heart, I was getting resentful of like, oh, he just gets to go do these things and then you know, watching the kids falls on my shoulders, which was totally wrong. If I had just asked him like, hey, can I carve yeah. out this time to go do this? Then he would have been like, oh, of course, just go. Yeah. I got the kids, you know. So that's one thing I would say, Justine, just to end is with you guys. And I know you guys already do this in an awesome way, you know, being so intentional and everything. But I think just um, that I know for me and Alyssa, we tend to our personal goals and hopes and ambitions of just like more vocational stuff tends to happen individually when we're communicating best is like just me and her. Like, like yeah. hey, can... We have to plan Because then it she out. speaks in life to it. Mm-hmm. She'll say like, ah, you, sh- you should do that. I re-, And she kind of pushes me out. Uh, she'll equip me for it. She'll encourage me with it. But then we'll also plan it out logistically and vice versa. She'll say it like she just and did. And I'll be like, hey, yeah. you go out. Let's do these days. Let's do that. It really is this give and take that a, ten- that a team tends to do. Um, mm-hmm. And but, I yeah. feel like planning it, before like on Sunday having our business meetings and asking like hey I really want to do this is there a time this week that I can carve out to do it instead of just kind of seeing if I can fit it in throughout my day because that never really happens and then I get frustrated and I feel unseen and so if we can just talk about it and carve out time then Jeff's like of course I'll send you out go do that or I'll watch the kids or I'll take them so you can have the house so I think just making a list of things that you do want to pursue and then talking to your spouse about hey, when is a good time for me to get a little break and do this? Hey guys, I want to take a quick break to tell you about one of this week's sponsors and that is Brooklyn. And you know we love Brooklyn and they've been a long-standing sponsor on our channel. I absolutely love them. As they like to say, you spend a third of your life in your sheets. Don't you want them to be comfortable? And I agree. If you do the math, you'll be asleep for like 30 years continuously if you live to 90 and you sleep eight hours a day. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I love that. So Brooklyn is the home of the favorite, internet's favorite sheets. 
loungewear, towels, bedding. They're amazing. They have over 50,000 five-star plus reviews and counting. And I love them too because it's a personal story. They were founded in early 2014 by a husband and wife, uh, Vicky and Rich, who just wanted to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And it's cool because they've moved beyond just bed sheets and bedding and offer essentials for your bathroom, like towels, curtains, bath mats, etc. So if you like softness and comfort and essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to hit refresh in the new year. So go make yourself comfortable by going to brooklinen.com and put in the promo code real. Again, they're so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. That's actually pretty insane. So get 10% off your first order and free shipping on all new sheets when you use the promo code real only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And don't feel bad about it too, because I think a lot of times too, mo- everyone who I know who's in like a healthy marriage, meaning like where they're not, yeah. they're not struggling with like work idolatry and they're not, they're not asking this question from like the idolatrous perspective of like, I want to sacrifice my family for the work or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, if most people that are in a good spot with that, more of like just in the softer version, like it actually is a blessing, I think, for kids to see you yes, grow and is. learn and work and do your vocation. Like I, we love talking to both of us, love talking to our kids about like our jobs, like what we write and we do this and we we do this and we're learning this and I'm trying to do this. And so I think pursuing those personal ambitions too, I think gives sometimes can help give a greater narrative to the kids because mm-hmm. when kids are the main focus that actually um, shrinks kids. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Agree. And so that's a whole and other podcast. Sorry, I have one more thing to say. I, my friend. We just do the whole podcast on just this question. I know. <laughs> I think too, part of it is sometimes you, it as parents, I'm not saying as moms, but both of you, sometimes it's doing those things in the fringe hours. You know, when we write, we wake up at 4 a.m. to write so that we're... Both of us, yeah. Because that's just when our brain works well and we can't be around the kids for that. And um, when we, you know, when Jeff does woodworking or if I do something, sometimes it's during quiet time or after they go to bed. So sometimes there is that too. And then also my friend Jess is so incredibly creative. Like she watercolors, she sews, she she does everything. And... um. She does a lot of it in the fringe hours, but a lot of times she'll do it with her kids around. And she was just sharing the other, t- the like a month ago, like sometimes it's really nice just to sit down and work on something. And my kids kind of respect it. Like they get that mom is just, and you just kind of have to sit there and be like, you know, mama's going to take 30 yeah. minutes and I'm going to work on this. You guys can help yourself or, you know, obviously not if you have a baby, but, um, we say that or to Lucy. Put on a show. Lucy, you can help yourself. <laughs> put on a show or sometimes Make they'll some just popcorn. come sit and like do it, watch that her or they'll do it alongside of her like yeah. watercoloring. And so, yeah, that. you kind of have to like play around with it. Yeah. But so it is okay for a mom to be like, hey, I'm going to take 30 minutes and I'm yeah. going to do this. And if you need to put on and a I show think, or just to teach your kids to like yeah. And I do think, that. Justine, that was the seed of part of your question that I think just practically it's sometimes harder for moms. Mm-hmm. Like dads, I think sometimes are outward focused and moms are internal focused, emotionally, spiritually, yeah, and physically and everything. So like, I'm okay. I, I tend to already operate on the basis of just like, I'm doing this, but I want to bring everyone along. I want to do it together. Mm-hmm. I want to be along. I want to do it as a team, right? When I think sometimes moms feel like those pull tension against each other. Like yes, I want to look totally. internal at the kids, make sure. And that's the gift strength, you know, the gift weakness thing where it's like, because sometimes not all moms are the mo- are the most... Uh, you know, tender, whatever. Mm-hmm. Most are more than did the dads in the sense of like, they're so able to draw out the kids and sensitive to like looking at them and their spirit and their heart and all that. So, well, and I will say the kids don't really ask Jeff for like 
a snack every 10 minutes or if they I have think like a poopy my, diaper. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really hard for me to sit down and like, I've had to learn to be okay to be like, mom's going to take 30 minutes and I'm not going to get you a snack right now. And I'm not going to yeah. help you First with that. All, like you need to figure it out yeah. because Jeff will do that. And they'll be like, literally he can read a book and they'll be doing their own things quietly. And I sit down and it's just like all hell breaks loose. All of a sudden they need a thousand things. So See, I this do is the think debate, that's though. part of it too. And sometimes that's different in marriages. I know wives that are much more like Jeff yeah. than, you know, vice versa. I would say that was by, that's not by anything that, like I actually, how do I say this? It's just your personality. Yeah. Like I would litigate against your narrative that you just said right there because. <laughs> what do you mean? Like. I'm just saying that's our personalities. And I've, I'm yes, learning to yes. be okay to be like, I'm taking 30 minutes. Exactly. You can do that's that I mean. yourself. Yeah. It's not like that I like don't listen and that they like, and that you're the only one that takes care of them. No. When it's the like trivial stuff. Yeah. I'm a lot more able than you to just say like, no, sorry. Like or I'm doing this. Like, you can. I'll get it in a half hour. Yeah. And that's why I tell them. So then they come to you second. <laughs> Where I have. I'm just now learning that where before I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go get all that and da da yeah. da and then, and then you never end up sitting on the couch, so. Totally. So yeah. I just say like, I'm doing this. It's kind of just, you know, just prioritize your selfishness and <laughs> life is much better. I'm joking. Well, then no, it's not. It's okay to have a little time like that and to teach your kids 100%. like to respect that. So, 100%. Justine, yeah. great question. We love you guys. Um, This one's only could be fastest because it's kind of funny. Uh, well, maybe it's not funny, but I the only thought <laughs> the only thing I could think of was funny. Uh, Lauren Kurtz said, "What was one expectation you had prior to marriage that caused friction in your marriage immediately upon getting married?" Uh, and why I think that's funny that's is I immediately lot. thought of cooking. Cook, guys! I you've heard this if you follow us. I fulfilled us all your dreams. I know my voice is going out a little too again. Um, uh, yes, you did fulfill all my dreams, guys. I had this vision, <laughs> and this is I'm just gonna disclaim this vision of like. I'm horrendous. This is terrible. I can't believe I believe this. Potential men who are getting married. Do not do this. Don't believe this. I just had this unspoken, of course, unspoken vision that like when I was, when I, when we got married and I, and I was very like democratic sense of like, we were, we were, you know, we had, we had dreams and ambitions. We we're going to figure it out together and work and all these different things. But for some reason I had this default thing of just like, I just thought maybe because I never cooked myself. I just thought that like food would show up on the table three times a day and, a and hot it'd be meal. hot. Yes, I can't. And this is a this is a pet peeve where regardless if I'm cooking it or not, I can't stand just like snack lunches or like a piece of toast. Like it's like, no, it's bacon, eggs, hash browns is breakfast. Like right? you should have been born in the South. Yeah. Pasta and like a sauce or something for lunch and then like a normal dinner or something like that. But yes, I had that expectation that I would say cause friction. Well, and... <laughs> He told me he wanted to go vegan on our honeymoon. So I didn't know how to cook, let alone what vegan was. And growing up, we fended for ourselves for breakfast and lunch. And then dinner, we had a hot meal. So yeah. I just figured one meal a day. And then when he just didn't eat at all and was starving, I was like, okay, I'll make your meals. And I was like, here's a piece of toast for breakfast. And he was like, is this a snack? Like, exactly. where's the breakfast? So, so that was just a funny one I thought of. But I think, um, but now, and marriage is funny, guys, because now, now, it's, he now it's the opposite. Like 80%. I, would, I would probably say I'm the culinary expert of the family. You know, well, not necessarily culinary oh, no, no, expert no, no. because this you, what, here's this what, what I'll, I'll say. say. No, no, here's what I'll say. Let me say, let me say, let me say. Well, because I do no, no, no. because you I'm actually like, have culinary I'm skills. Like the, I'm like the stable, steady, home cook, yeah. comfort food meals. But if you're coming over to our house for dinner, I Jeff is dinner. the wowzer. Yes. Yeah. Like this meal is so good. He like YouTubed it, researched it for yeah. hours, and it's yeah. the best. I'm you going will ever Chef's have. table vibes. Chef's table yeah. vibes. Yes. So you're like the wow, and I'm like the 
which is kind of like yes. our marriage. It's so hilarious. I I'm literally just, no, it's not. You're yeah. the wow in our marriage. But it's funny we were like interrupting each other because I was gonna say this. You said it. I said you're gonna oh. say exactly what I was gonna say. Um, well, I was gonna say you have all the skills and ability too, but just now at this season of our marriage, like I just like doing it more. Most, well, no, I just most don't care. I'm not really yeah. about the wow factor. Yeah, and I just do most of the cooking now. So well, and because. Well, actually, Haley, you do a lot of it. So shout out to you yes. for listening. Thank you for the you most took away, amazing you, person in the whole yeah, world. Yeah, you took away a lot of my thunder, but yeah. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a new sponsor on the show today, actually, and that is Rothy's. We love them. Now, if you haven't heard of Rothy's, they basically make stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles, and they're super comfortable. And here's the cool part, and this is why we love them, especially for Kinsley. They're fully machine washable, and they've actually grown to be one of the most loved gotta have brands out there, and they have over a thousand nearly perfect reviews. Guys, we love them. We got Kinsley this really cool pair that is kind of like multicolored. And I think my favorite part is they actually are not only stylish, but they're super comfortable for her and super easy to get on. There's other kids slip on shoes we've gotten before that actually like are still really hard to slip on, <laughs> if that makes sense. She can put these on herself really easy and it totally takes us out of the equation, which if you're a parent, you know that is a big, big deal. It's totally the perfect everyday shoe for slipping on. She goes and plays out in the driveway with it, rides her bike with it. There's the shoes she puts on if we need to run to the store. Um, and we absolutely love them. Now, it'll blow your mind too because Rothy's is made from repurposed plastic water bottles, again, which is insane. They've diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. And another major bonus is their machine washable, like I said. So if you want to refresh them, make them look brand new, you just toss them in the washing machine. It's super, super cool. So we want to hook you guys up. Go to rothys.com slash real to get your new favorite flats. Again, you can check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash real. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash real. Comfort style, sustainability, all in those shoes. Head to rothys.com slash real. The expectation I had, there's oh, a lot more serious expectations, but the like, you know, easy breezy one is, so growing up, my dad always did everything with the cars. He, every Saturday he would wash them, gas them up. He always changed the oil like that was, he would vacuum it out. They always were beautifully cleaned. And I just thought that that was a guy thing. And I was spoiled because my dad would do it for me. And then even when I moved back home um, in my 20s, he would do it for me once in a while. So I was super spoiled. But I just figured that was a guy thing. Like guys took care of cars. Guys gassed up your car. Guys like went in to get the tabs fixed and all that. <laughs> well, I think we were married and I like had to nag Jeff to fill up the gas multiple times and it was on empty multiple times. I was like, why isn't he filling up the gas? And then I noticed he never washed the cars. They'd be full of trash and he would never clean it out. And I was like, I don't understand. Aren't you supposed to keep all the cars clean? Like, okay, I'll keep my car clean. Yeah, that one was bad in the beginning. And he didn't do it at all. So all the responsibility fell on me and I just was in shock. I remember we got in an argument about it because I was like, you're a guy. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And he was like, that doesn't mean I have to do that if I'm a guy. He's like... 
So it came down to just like, I'm really busy and that's not something on the top of my mind. So if you could do that, that would be really right. great. I but was just now to, he does all the car you know, stuff. I was just trying to support, you know, empower women to be able to do, you know, all the <laughs> Which things. I'm not about that. I've always been like the damsel in distress. <laughs> yeah, like, You're a gentleman. You can do all the things for me. We're still working out our theology of no, marriage, guys. Now you guys. do a lot of it. No, I do do some of it now. I do. I take out the trash now. Well, here, here's what I'll say. Here's and the premise. And you do the cars uh, yes. and the cooking. The most of the stuff you said, I actually do now. So it's kind of back to your expectation is met now. But what's <laughs> interesting, but but it's, I disagreed with the premise you were found finding sure, it on. And I, I just thought and I still that's do. not and a I, girl's and job. I, and I feel like I won that argument, I think, in our marriage, where I feel like I, I think I got you to my side, where I basically, anything that you thought was like a guy's default responsibility, yes, I true. made you put it on the table and say like, no, this is like a vote. Like, is this one more logistical or better for you to do for you to do well, it or for me like to do it in our we team just realized instead it wasn't, of having, i didn't even think i didn't assume that you had to do all of them or me all of them i just literally said like all of these are up for you votes kind of assumed i would no, do most of them i just assumed all of these are up for votes all these are up for grabs we need to make a one by one decision on every single one i of think them. we just realized that like a lot of them aren't gender role related yeah i don't and think so they are at not, all and i just don't well, like a lot of them of i don't want to take things. out the trash i don't want to do car stuff i don't want to fill the tank up with gas well, i don't want to mow the lawn neither do i <laughs> All I just say, guys, but I think I won on the premise. Like, I feel like you would agree now that like I was probably right on nudging that one a little uh, but and saying, hey, but, but Jeff's wonderfully but, stubborn. So yes, that's fun. But what's fun, though, is now I now looking back, it's like I actually do most of the stuff that you used to. I still. Yes, I don't love. Yes, you took over the trash, which I feel like. Well, just because my I day. know it really you feel really loved when I take out the yes. trash. And so killing I realize bugs. I, can I, don't, do that. I don't like. But see, that. I don't like killing bugs either. But guess what? And, I, and, Kinsley, I, and that's fine, but I Kinsley say... Kinsley loves say. killing bugs. So we actually, whenever I see a gross goes, bug in our house, it. I put a mason jar over it and I save it for Kinsley. And she and literally, I'm like, yeah. Because literally both of us will not do it. Yep. So I thought that was a guy's <laughs> job because I hate bugs of and all kinds and my dad and always killed them. And Jeff hates bugs of all kinds and growing up his mom killed them all. So... Yep. That one, praise the Lord for Kinsley. <laughs> She's amazing. Oh, she loves doing it too. Sometimes she'll keep them as pets, which is kind of gross. But um, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So all that to say, guys, in marriage, the question was a great question. What's expectations you had prior to marriage that caused friction in marriage? Honestly, have zero expectation. Have but you zero, can't not have expectations. Yes, but here's what I mean. Yes. Here's another way to put it. Have zero expectations on the little stuff that's just like ordinary, logistical, errand-like things of your day. But that's the problem. I feel like so many of the expectations are just kind of innate. Like that's how you grew up. And so you just they kind are. of, you don't, you don't think about it. It's not like you get yeah. going to marriage and you're like, Jeff's going to do this and I'm going to do this and totally. da, da, da. It's just like, you just think deep yeah, down, like that's what a guy and does. And just more like reveals all the little things that you mm-hmm. assumed, but you're like, oh, and that's and actually the good part. Like, I feel like even if you did premarital counseling and actually talked about each role, which I think we did, regardless, I feel like once you get into marriage, you'll still have friction and be like, Or you'll still oh. change it. or you'll. Here's and I feel like because a lot of times it comes down to like, if you loved me, you would do that. <laughs> and so, yeah. which is not true at all. No. It's just like. Here's what I would say, just to end the question. It's a great question. Uh, exactly what Alyssa said is I think uh, not even just have no expectations because you will and you're exactly, it's actually impossible to not have expectations with stuff like this what marriage does is it reveals all these little things that you just assumed yes. and let those come to the surface as really good learning moments to for you guys to become like a new team yes. yes rather than like no this is the way and I'm yes. a stubborn person so I can even you know sometimes <laughs> hold that but I think and I think sometimes have, I think yes but I think we've done a very good job on this where I think we have been very what's the word like 
mutual. We've been very mutual in how we just then talk about all the little things that you I know, feel like came it took time though. The 100%. first year was hard because totally. of that. Well, it, that part was hard. Well, because then I think we changed the premise where we just kind of said, okay, everything's back on the table now. We have to decide for our marriage, for our family. Not even what's like right, because I think that's kind of dumb. Like, no, it's not like there's, it's right. a, yeah, there's no gender right. Like, I don't like when people, I think people, I think that's actually like bad theology when people start getting into gender specific responsibilities, mm-hmm. like in the micro. And mm-hmm. it's like, did <laughs> you know, logisticals and, that's and cars the, like, and food. Totally. So that's like, dumb yeah. and I think wrong. But what you need to do is let those little micro things become really cool opportunities for you guys to become your own team. Yeah. You know? And, and I, I think do we, feel I think we like, changed that premise and it helped. I do feel like holding it open-handed and thinking like, well, what would serve my person the best? And then yeah. I do think when you have kids, it just becomes more open-handed, hopefully, because yeah. things change. you're like, things change. And all of a sudden you're like, I can't do that. But, and so your husband steps up more to do things yes. or, I mean, that is so and true. And you say that, like, hey, I need you to step up or I hey, can or you do this for me? Or he just sees that this is not getting done. So he does it or, and I do feel like too, sometimes when you, in our marriage, we've seen how when you buy things, like when things are your own and you're not renting, sometimes I feel like one of you will take more responsibility for that or yeah. care more. Like, I totally I feel like changed about the house once house, we went from renting to buying. Our old house, yeah. we totally remodeled the kitchen and Jeff used to like hardly step in the kitchen. Like I, you know, our first year, like I did all the meals, I washed all the dishes. And then when we got our remodeled, our kitchen, like I do the he dishes would not now, let I anybody no, do the dishes. Touch, yep. He like did them all and then he the would wipe everything down. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. Like so it was beautiful. So, and I've kind of been like that since. That's funny. I didn't realize that was the really catalyst. It's really wonderful. Yeah. And then sometimes I just don't even ask how he does things because then I would have to do it. So I just let him yeah, be the master plays, of it. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. That is do good. Do we have one more question? Well, and one other thing I would say to that too is like, uh, and there's also times where there's something that don't also play the game of like, what do I like? Or just kind of fight for the worst job. Like if you're going to be a marriage of sacrifice and mutual love to one another, then there also are ways that you can show your spouse you love them by actually doing mm-hmm. ones that they might even practically be able to do better. But like you doing it is just an act of sacrifice. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's a great example too. Um, Time-wise, I think we might actually be good. Let's do one more. One more? Quick one. Or we can make it quick at least. Um, okay. Brooke Stanley, first three steps for writing a book and gaining the influence to write. Now, there uh, is a way to answer this question a lot longer, Brooke, but I am going to make it kind of fast because I think um, that actually is helpful in the question itself. And what I mean by what I would say is so even, even that phrase, gaining the influence to write, I would say there's no such thing. Like, I think I know what you mean. And you say, like, how do you, you know, maybe get a platform to con- grow a platform like to market sell yourself. books and market that. Yeah. And that's fair. And there's a lot of resources out, out there. I would just direct you to anyone who's doing any good marketing work. Michael Hyatt with books, some other people, all the different types of stuff. But I don't love the que- I don't like the, the wording of like gaining an influence to write. You don't need to, because writing needs to come from just writing, yeah. right? Like you should write the same book if you're the only one that reads it mm-hmm. or if a million people read mm-hmm. it. And those are the most powerful writers. Um, one other step, speaking of the one person thing, that was a really good piece of advice I got when I re- <clears throat> started writing is imagine and envision one person you're writing that book to. Yeah. Don't, env- don't envision a million people. Don't envision five people. Don't envision 20 people. Envision like kind of the this one person who you're having coffee with and t- and type to them uh, personally and type to them maybe even have a picture above your laptop or whatever. To me, that person that re- you'll How notice. How old are they? Are they a man yes. or a woman? What you'll notice they- that in books yeah. that are really powerful and successful, they almost always are overly specific more than books mm-hmm. that aren't that powerful mm-hmm. because there's, there's something about the personalization that actually makes it general. It's like a, it's like yeah. it's like it's so sh- it becomes sharper. It's like a sharper mm-hmm. blade. So I would say that. 
Um, just write as a discipline. Don't write as inspiration. Just get up and write yeah. 200 words a day, 100 words a day. Just write, write, write. And here's the thing. Never delete. You can delete once you yeah. actually put it together. You can delete once you edit it. There is no such thing as deleting. Just write and then just move on. Like you actually, you totally care about quantity, not quality at first. Don't write and then edit it. Just write, 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 write. And then maybe come back a month later or something. And then go back yep. and be like, yeah. okay, I want to. Don't touch anything you've written and don't have to think about it being perfect before you put it down on the mm-hmm. keyboard so i know those are fast but I, that's what i would say um and i think those are really it like every book is written just with sweat equity just putting your butt in the chair and just tapping the keyboard uh writing to one person and there's an enormous like you can actually get yourself published today self-published more than any time in human mm-hmm. history so kdp kindle direct publishing is a great option just youtube is a great space to search kdp like how to's that'll just teach you how to get that up and running um how to publish it but yeah that's what i would say Mm-hmm. You got any thoughts? I think you said it all. All right, Brooke, good question. And hey, we love you guys. And guys, we got a million questions. So I'm actually, we might do a Q&A part two, part three. All right, see you.